Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Okay, I'm the first to admit it. It's a line we use a lot when we're talking about movies here on Movies First, one of the most eagerly anticipated movies. But I think today it is probably far more accurate than uh, even... The most casual science fiction fan would be prepared to admit because Blade Runner, when it came out way back in the day, uh, it was a movie that demanded a sequel and yet said sequel didn't come and proceeded to not come for more than three decades. Alex, first, the day has dawned on Blade Runner 2049 here in 2017. Exactly. It's only taken 35 years. What what are you whinging about? (laughs) Exactly. Is Is this the longest wait we've had for a sequel? I don't know. It's a very, very good question. Mr. Google will answer. Is it Ms. Google? Uh, well, uh, Google of, of nondescript, non-denominational. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mind you, I mean, football clubs have had to wait far longer for a premiership, haven't they? Well, that's true. Yes, I mean, and good things do come to those who wait, and this has finally come around. So one thing I've got to say to you, though, when did you last see... The first one, Blade Runner, the original. I'm talking about not the 17 incantations since, but the original Blade Runner. Did you see it when it came out? Oh, we, we did, but geez, I mean, I was I was but a kid. I'm going to have to see it again, I think, before I, before I go to see 2049. That's the whole point. I really urge people to do that because it's going to give you a greater appreciation. It'll make a whole lot more sense if you do it that way. So, I mean, this is set 30 years after the events of the first movie. So you've got a new Blade Runner who is an LAPD officer, like the first one was. This one is simply named K, the letter K. And he's the, the one played by Ryan Gosling. And he unearths this long-buried secret that has the potential to plunge what is left of society into chaos. Now, K's discovery leads him on a quest to find Harrison Ford. That's the Rick Deckard character, the the former LAPD Blade Runner who's been missing for three decades. Mm -hmm. Because remember, the original was set in a dystopian Los Angeles in 2019. Yes, and And, and funnily enough, a dystopian Los Angeles in 2019 that actually won't look anything like Los Angeles in 2019. Well, let's hope not. (laughs) well, maybe maybe Kim, Kim Jong-un will have something to say about that. Don't, don't even joke about it. But that story depicted a future in which synthetic humans, known as replicants, were bioengineered by the powerful Terrell Corporation to work on off-world colonies. And when a fugitive group of replicants escaped back to Earth, this burned-out cop, Deckard, reluctantly accepted a last assignment to hunt them down. And during his investigations... Deckard found reason to question his mission. So that was how the whole thing started. As I say, this one picks up three decades thereafter. (coughs) This film was directed by Ridley Scott. And the follow-up has got a really great director as well, Dennis Villeneuve, in the chair. He did 
it's, for example, Sicario. Yeah, yeah, which I know so, you loved. Oh, I thought it was fantastic. He's, a re- he's established a reputation very, very quickly, and what he's done thus far has been terrific. So good, good choice. Anyway, screenplays by Hampton Fancher, and he was one of the first two writers, the, the writers of the original. And he's joined by Michael Green. Now, the this version, Blade Runner 2049, it's moody and atmospheric. It carries with it a portent of doom. So visually, it's stylish. And there's music by Hans Zimmer. Again, it's a name that a lot of people would know because he's highly celebrated for what he does in movies. He's joined by Benjamin Wallfish, and they certainly add to the feeling of unease. The movie, though, is imponderably drawn out. I mean, there's no getting away from it. It's two hours and 43 minutes. Now, this is not Godfather, right? right. This is not... This is not what, what other long movies can you think of? Um, Gone with the Wind? Yeah, it's not, okay. right? So, I mean, it doesn't need to be that long. And that that's troubling as far as I'm concerned. So having said that, the pacing is languid at best. And that doesn't add mystery, just frustration. It just adds time. <laughs> it does add time, yeah, it does, just to get something said and done. So... You've got a humorless Ryan Gosling, and that's what he's called upon to do, of course. He scowls his way through the picture. And then you've got Anna de Armas. She does a really good job as Kay's doting love interest, Joy, J-O-I. She actually names Kay as Joe, J-O-E. So you've got Joy and Joe. And she displays genuine affection for him. In fact, she's the only character to show any warmth throughout this entire movie. And I've got to say, it comes as blessed relief. So when you were talking about this couple, there is a sex scene with a decided difference that's worthy of mention in Blade Runner 2049. Now, I don't want to get too risque here, lest lest somebody sort of say say something, but this is a kind of unusual menage a trois, right? Right. Okay. Are you with me? Uh, No, not really. Please don't. (laughs) No. what, What we've got here is when Joy, who is Kay's virtual girlfriend, engages a prostitute that Kay has stumbled across, well, Joy's avatar is subsumed by the hooker's body. So, right. So basically, well, hang on, I, I, I'll, I'll try and draw you an even more pronounced picture. You, you've got one stepping into the other's body so that Kay imagines he's having sex with Joy. Whereas, in fact, he's having sex with a prostitute. Is this sort and, of like Patrick Swayze jumping into Whoopi Goldberg's body in Ghost? Yes. All right. Okay. I have a parallel. It, I have understanding. Yeah, except that you see it's not they're not perfectly matched. And so you can see sort of four sort of sets of hands and two heads at times, which is a bit okay. unusual. All right. So we, but, I mean, why does Joy do this? In order to give the perfect, the ultimate gift decay which is the benefit of touch because she can't give that to him herself because she's kind of like you know she's see-through if you know what i mean <laughs> it's very difficult to touch a see-through something and I, I thought that was oh, quite... many times i've tried and many times exactly and and i mean i think i think i've just got myself out of that but a remarkable yeah, i hope you've just got yourself well, out of that anyway i talking about a great specimen of a man Harrison Ford, geez, sprightly, incredibly. I mean, really looks great. And he's, of course, the original Blade Runner. I mentioned that. 
he doesn't quite know what hit him when Kay suddenly shows up at his remote home. Mind you, that seems to take forever because the movie was, well, all but half over before we got our first glimpse of Harrison Ford. And, I mean, some people, obviously, if you've seen the shorts, oh, yeah, Harrison Ford is there. Well, yes, he is. And, you know, he plays a reasonable role, but, yeah, he's nowhere near the screen time that Ryan Gosling enjoys. Well, see, he's done the right thing. He's done the smart thing. You know, make half a movie, get paid for a full movie. That is very clever. What a matchup! And what a team, Mike! Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Claim based on talking tax. Not valid for active numbers currently on our T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. You're listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Let's get back to Blade Runner 2049. Robin Rice is LAPD Lieutenant Yoshi and Jared Leto, head of the notorious Wallace Corporation, that's responsible for this cleansing campaign that the, the police are onto. You've also got a couple of actors who are in the original, Sean Young, Edward James Olmos. They reappear in small roles here. So that's it, Blade Runner 2049. According to RottenTomatoes.com, <laughs> the longest times we have had to wait for a movie sequel. Now, now some of these I will debate, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The longest they, they quote is 59 years. But they say that's for Fantasia to Fantasia 2000. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I think that's drawing a bow. Why, why is that drawing a bow? Well, is it is it strictly speaking a, a sequel or just you know, a continuation of a theme? Well, okay, I'm not sure. I think you're splitting hairs there, but... Anyway, yep. look, that, that's what they say. Uh, so, four, 59, okay. 49 years for uh, Peter Pan to return to Neverland. Mm-hmm. 40, okay. 46 years from The Wizard of Oz in 1934 to return to Oz in 1985. Right. 43 years for Easy Rider, 1969 to Easy Rider, The Ride Back in 2012. I don't even remember that movie, but No, neither go. do I. There you go. Um... 39 years from Belle du Jour in 1967 to Belle Toujours in 2006. Yes. Blood Feast came out in 1963. Oh, yeah, now, yeah, now yeah exactly. It's crawling the bottom of the barrel, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 38 years later, Blood Feast 2, All You Can Eat, came out. Uh, the Wicker Man in 1973, The Wicker Tree in 2011, and then you have Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. So it's in the top ten. It is in the top ten. Well, that's that's imposing and impressive. And it's alongside the Jungle Book and the Jungle Book Two. Oh, same same duration. Yeah. Eh? Look, I have I have I I, I, I do have a, a minor issue with you know the the Disney sequels in there. You know the Jungle Book. The Jungle Book Two was you know a, a blatant money grab as opposed to a. a, 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 oh, a, a so you want the purity in Hollywood, do you? Good golly. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I am, I am but a naive waif in the lost, lost in the forest. Um, and before we get your score on, on Blade Runner 2049, yeah. my other question is, you said before we have to see the original. Yes. 
Which original? The first one that came out in the cinemas. Well, okay. Then in that case, the first one that came out in the cinemas in America or the first one that came out in the cinemas in Australia? But you're not going to see it. No, no, it's just Australia, the rest of the world. That's fine. There were differences. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, what were the differences? Go oh, on. there were, Please there were, don't there were additional scenes. There, there were yeah. additional scenes. You don't need you don't need any of that. You just need because if you, it's kind of like binging on a TV series. It mm-hmm. just gives you context. That's the only reason I'm saying that you need to do this. Okay, By so, the so way, you're not saying you, have, you should see the director's cut, which came out ten no. years after the original, or no. the final cut, which came out in 2007. Absolutely not. No. But maybe just see one of them. That's what I was going to say. Any of them is acceptable. (laughs) Alex, we have to wrap up. We do need a score for Blade Runner 2049. Let's go with a six to six and a half out of ten. Okay. I'm sure there'll be people who'll uh, be bigger devotees who will grade it more highly, but that's what the great thing is about movies, and we'll talk about more soon on another edition of Movies First. Cheers, Alex. Cheers, Chris. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. From Audioboom comes Covert, a new podcast that delves into the murky world of spies, soldiers and top secret military operations. I'm Jamie Rennell, and together we'll discover the real stories of history's greatest classified missions, told by the operatives, soldiers, and journalists who experienced it firsthand. Follow Covert on Spotify, or subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows.